Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. And we are super excited for today's episode, as we always are, but we are going to be helping you get your butt into gear because as teachers, we all have these times where we just feel so tired and so exhausted, but we still have a ton of things to get done. So we're going to share some ideas for helping you feel motivated when you're tired. I think that's coming in at the perfect time of the year. Because let me tell you, girl, I've been feeling super tired. I'm glad it's not just me. (laughs) No, it's not. So let's go ahead and jump into our TSH. And this is from Elsie. And she says, as I'm working at school and it's getting late, we've all been there, Elsie. I guarantee it. I still have important things to accomplish for the next day. So I choose to take work home. Once I get home and sit down on my couch, forget about it. Doesn't matter if I have tons of energy left. I will sit there and just watch TV until it's time to go to sleep. I become so lazy. Girl, I feel like there are so many people that are nodding their heads saying absolutely. Amen. I just felt like that last night. Yeah, I have these moments all the time. I'm a huge believer in activity leads to more activity and inactivity leads to more inactivity. And once I sit down on the couch, I'm I'm done. Like I'm not going to get anything done. So Elsa, you are definitely not alone. If you have not already headed over to our website and submitted your own TSH or Time Sucking Hurdle for us to feature on our podcast, please go ahead and do that because we would love to hear what you are struggling with, what is sucking away your time and allowing you to not get things done. Let us know and you might be featured in the next episode of our podcast. Let's go back to Elsie's comment because I know that I have personally been there. I'm feeling it right now and we've all been there, guys. We're at that time of the year where we're giving so much of ourselves in the classrooms. We've done so much and we are starting to feel a little bit drained and it's okay to feel that way. No one is shaming you for feeling this way and going home and not opening up that teacher bag and getting some of your things done. Because let's be honest, it's really, really hard. Our jobs take a lot of energy out of us physically, mentally, emotionally. It's a lot. Yeah, our jobs as teachers are draining. And when you feel super stressed and super overwhelmed, it's easier just to avoid all those things that you need to get done. And that's what we tend to do. However, what differentiates us is the ability to overcome the stress and the overwhelm and the exhaustion because we all experience it and we do all have those times where we choose to avoid it. That's human nature. And I don't want you to feel like there's something wrong with you if you have experienced this because because Bridget and I are like making eyes right now, nodding our heads going, yep, I've been there. I've done that. But our goal through today's episode is to equip you with strategies that you can implement in order to overcome this because you are able to get the things done, whether you believe you can or not. We're going to show you how to do it. Now, you all know as our listeners that we love steps. Michelle and I love us some good steps. However, in this episode, we don't really have any steps for you. Instead, we have a list of options. So if one of these things doesn't quite work for you and um, to really kind of help pull you out of that funk, maybe there's going to be another one that really kind of resonates with you. I've always heard that this is like going to Walmart. When you go to Walmart, you just pick out what you need. You don't go in and buy everything. So do not feel like you 
you have to implement every single strategy that we're going to tell you. Just pick out the ones that you think will work for you and use those. So our very first tip for you is to remember your why. You need to really think about what is the reason that I am doing what I'm doing every single day? What got me started with this? What is the difference that I wanted to make? Whether it be that you wanted to connect with that one kid, whether it be that you wanted to make a difference, whether it be that you just wanted to teach because you love the feeling of being able to see a student really grow and evolve. You have to remember your why Put it on a sticky note and stick it on a mirror and remind yourself of that every day. And Bridget, I want to add to that for one quick second because your why might surround teaching, but it might also surround something else altogether. Not only are we teachers, but we also have these different identities. We're husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and uh, sisters and brothers and athletes and entrepreneurs. We have other passions outside of just teaching. And being teachers is a part of us, but it's not everything. So it's okay if your why is not related to teaching at all. You might have these other goals in life that you want to achieve that are not related to your job. So it's okay to have a why outside of the field of education. Michelle, that's such a fantastic reminder for all of our listeners out there. And so now that we understand our why and we are being reminded of that, we now know that procrastinating will only make your life harder. By really focusing on that why and making that your whole focus, your passion, your thing that kind of drives you every single day, you need to connect the dots between that and the procrastination that's kind of taking place. I'm gonna be honest, like I procrastinate, like I'm really bad at that sometimes. But when I focus on that why in the very beginning, like it helps to drive me, it helps to push me through and it, it makes it so much easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, it absolutely does. And your why also helps you figure out if the things that are causing you stress and making you feel overwhelmed are even worth it. Because there's a chance that those tasks that are making you feel stressed and making you feel overwhelmed have nothing to do with your why or your long-term goal in life. And if that's the case, you need to find a way to get that off your plate because it's not doing you any justice. Michelle, are you talking about like my basement right now where it's a hot mess and yet it's been stressing me out for the last month. Listen, I have tried to tell you just to get rid of it all and you won't listen to me. So I can't help you there. It's so hard, guys. I really can't even. Well, while Bridget tries to figure out what to do with her basement, I'm going to give you all the next tip, which is to write down the things you need to do. And I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes right now. Okay, I can see you. However, The reason I want to bring this up is because I am famous for keeping all of my to-dos in my head. And I always tell myself, oh, I'll remember. I'll remember. It'll be fine. But what I'm actually doing is I'm filling up my brain with all of these different tasks, and that is causing me to feel more stressed out and therefore more exhausted. And when I feel stressed and I feel exhausted, my motivation plummets and I don't want to get anything done because it feels too overwhelming. So Michelle, I want to get really vulnerable with our listeners right now because I have to be completely honest. I had a really bad breaking point about, 
I would say maybe about two weeks ago or so. And I was just so overwhelmed. I was so stressed. I found myself like in a crying mess pretty much every single day because I just had so many things that was going that was going on in my life. And, you know, some of those were like other things like guys I had was in a car accident. Like I had like a truck that wasn't working. So there were other little things that were at play. Well, there was one night finally Trent, my husband was like, you know what, we just need to sit down and we need to make a list of all the responsibilities that you have and see what we can take off of your plate. And then what is it that you really need to make your focus right now and what you can worry about later on. And that's exactly what we did. We sat down through like Google Drive, like I just made like a spreadsheet. And I wrote down all of the different categories that I had in my life. For instance, I had like work, I had by um, by home, I had, you know, the podcast, I had bridging literacy, I had all of these different things. And I just kind of wrote out, well, what are the things that I need to get accomplished? And I cannot tell you how much better I felt at the end of that little exercise for just getting it out there. And then I ended up color coding it and everything to help me realize, okay, I don't have as much, but I'm making it way bigger by keeping all of that information inside of my head. I'm so happy you shared that because that is such a powerful exercise that I think we all need to do from time to time. I've had a similar situation where once I wrote everything down, I had the same epiphany of, oh, okay, it's not as much as I've been building it up to be in my head. And we all need to kind of be brought back down to reality in those situations to be able to feel less stressed and less overwhelmed. And Bridget brought up a good point of not only categorizing them by importance, but sometimes you might categorize your to-dos by the time type of task. I know personally, I kind of block out my life into these different commitments. Like I have grad school and then I have my teaching commitments and then I have YouTube and then I have the podcast and then I have family commitments and wedding commitments and all these different things. And so there are different ways to categorize them. And we're not here to tell you that there's a right way to do it or a wrong way because it really depends on you, what you prefer and what works best for your life. But It's important to keep in mind that while we stress so often to keep these lists digital because there are so many advantages to it, for exercises like this, when you are feeling super overwhelmed, it can actually relieve stress to just physically write down the items in a notebook, on a piece of paper. And especially because once you finish those items, you can like tear it up or burn it and there is no greater satisfaction than that. Girl, I really love the fact that you just said that you were going to burn all of the things that you have to get done on that list. No regrets. That is hilarious. We can have a fire later on and totally do that together. I'm down for it. (laughs) All right, guys. So let's go ahead and jump into the next tip that we have for you, which is to start with one small thing. Guys, one small task can really have the power to jumpstart your productivity. When you feel that that joy, that fulfillment of, oh man, I got something done, typically that will help to truly motivate you to really keep things going. This has been so powerful for me because as a full-time teacher who's also running a YouTube channel and running this podcast and planning a wedding and I'm in grad school, I so often feel like I have these big tasks that I need to get done and I just don't even want to start. But I have been implementing this tip of starting with one small thing for grad school and it has worked 
brilliantly for me. Whenever I start a new course, I always have an assessment and it's a paper or some type of assignment that I have to do. And part of that is the research. And the research always seems so daunting that I don't even want to start. So often that one thing that I will begin with will be just setting up my notes page in a Google Doc. And I'll write out the citations and Once I get that done, I'm like, okay, I can open up an article and read it and take notes. Like that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And once I get that satisfaction of getting the first thing done, I do feel so much more motivated to keep going. So do not underestimate the power of getting just one simple thing done. Michelle, that is a fantastic tip. And I just want to remind our listeners that we have an episode, episode 007, which is lesson planning like a pro. And in there, we talk a lot about projects and these bigger tasks that we feel like we have. Well, really, it's not a task. It's a project. And it allows you to break them down into those smaller chunks to make it more manageable so that you can have that satisfaction, that fulfillment of being able to start with something small in order to help you get the ball rolling to want to finish everything. Yeah. So we will link that episode for you down in the show notes. So you can go back and listen to it if you haven't already, or you can go back and re-listen to it. Okay. There's no shame. And our next tip is going to help you with implementing that one small thing. Our next tip is to reduce distractions and change your scenery. Yes, we are asking you to get up and move to a new area to get work done because when you tend to work in the same area over and over and over again, you get stuck in a rut and something as simple as getting up, going to a new room in your house or your apartment, or even leaving your house and going to a coffee shop can make a huge difference in your productivity. And along that same line, you can even just sit in a different position. I know this sounds silly, but I promise you it really does work. I'm going to tell kind of a funny but embarrassing story. When I was a kid, I always struggled to fall asleep and I still struggle with it to this day. But one of my little tricks to help myself fall asleep is I would actually lay down in my bed upside down. So I would put my head where my feet are and my feet would be where my head is. I would take my pillow with me. Don't worry about that. But I would fall asleep so much faster just because I was laying in a different position. And for whatever reason, that allowed me to fall asleep. So get up, sit a different way than you've been sitting, lay upside down on your couch, like whatever you need to do to get yourself working, just try it. I feel like this is why you and Blaine are like best friends. We are. Blaine is Bridget's, one of Bridget's sons, and he is adorable, and he is my little spirit animal. I just love him so much. (laughs) But I could totally see him doing that because he is a wild child when it comes to like his sleep. He just can't. He's got so many things going, and he just has so much energy, and he's a doer. And so I can see him totally doing what you just described. And you know what? I recently um, made an office and it's been a little less than a year, I would say, that we've had this office inside of my house. Um, But I really wanted to have a space. And guys, I am so bad. I cannot get any work done when it comes to me sitting on a couch. If I go up to my bedroom, don't even think about it. I'm not going to get anything accomplished. But once I created this office inside of my house and I had no TV, I was able to move my phone 
away from the room and put it into my bedroom. And so it limited the amount of distractions that I had. I saw my productivity go through the roof. I was able to shut the door away from everyone, stay in my office and really just kind of pound out the work that I needed to get done. But it does. Being able to make sure that you have the limited distractions and to change the scenery or for me even have the same type of scenery that really just kind of motivates me and gets me in gear because it helps kind of set my mindset. It helps a ton. And so with that, let's go ahead and get into the next tip, which is to surround yourself with the things that you enjoy. And guys, this is what I think about, like making sure that you have all of your like positive vibes like happening while you're trying to get your work done. So Bridget, I'm going to propose an idea. Can we each just describe like our ideal setup for getting things done? Like what is motivating to us? What do you want to be around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that idea. Okay, can I go first? Yes, All go right, for it. Because I'm already talking. I figured I'm just going to run into it. <laughs> here we go. So for me, here's what I would do. If I'm at home, which is typically when I want to try to get some things done, I'm pretty good about it at, at school. But when I'm at home, I need to be in my office upstairs and I close the door. I don't have my phone with me. There's not a TV in here, um, but I have a candle that's going. Typically, it's one from Bath and Body Works. And I really like like the wood smells, like the nature wood, piney. Oh, just makes me smells like Christmas guys. Um, I have that smell going on. I like to do my lamps. I don't like really big, bright lights around. I like soft, like the yellow vibe, like lamps that just kind of give me super relaxed. And I have a Diet Coke, absolutely have to have a Diet Coke or I have a coffee. It just depends. And yes, I am definitely one of those people that has a coffee in the evenings. I just am. Um, And comfy clothes. I think that and either maybe a heated blanket if I'm feeling really chilly, like that to me is good vibes. Okay, so mine's very similar, but I have a couple differences. First of all, I tend to work on my couch, which... Bridget already said doesn't work for her and that's fine, but I have always gotten the most work done on my couch. And because of that, as soon as my butt touches that cushion, like I'm ready to go. Now I also dress in comfy clothes. My favorite outfit to work in is a pair of joggers, which are super comfy and a crew neck sweatshirt very comfortable. And then I always wear a pair of slipper socks. In fact, lately I have a pair that a student got me for Christmas. They have not left my feet since December, whenever it was that I got them. Like they are my all-time favorite. I like to have a snack. I'm a big snacker and I know it's not good, but it's one of my flaws. One of my favorites is peanut butter filled pretzels. Have you ever had those? I've never had those. Okay, we'll go to the store later and get some. They're delightful. I also like to have a Diet Coke. I think this is one of the reasons Bridget and I are such great friends. Whenever I come to her house, she has an entire fridge stocked with Diet Coke and it is just my dream come true. Do not judge me, guys. (laughs) Oh, no. There is no judgment here. Trust me. It's a good thing. I also like candles. I have two favorite scents. One is the volcano candle. I think originally it was sold through anthropology. Bridget's giving me a look right now. A volcano candle. Yeah. I do love me some anthropology. When I lived in Birmingham, I was all about the anthropology candles. I just don't have one close to me over here. Okay. Well, confession. I've never been to an anthropology. I just heard about this candle and I found it on Amazon. 
Now it is kind of a pricey candle. Like it's like $25 to $30, yeah. but it does burn for a long time. And the scent, it's like a citrus smell and it's just so good. I also really love the black tie scent from Bath and Body Works. I think it's part of their like white barn collection and it has a kind of a masculine smell, but I really, really like it. So those are my favorite things to surround myself with. And now that I have all of those things around me, I need to actually start getting work done. So our next tip is to help you actually be productive during that work time. We are going to have you set a timer and work for that set amount of time. Now, this works because once that timer goes off, you tend to feel more motivated to actually keep working because you've gotten into the flow of things and you feel very motivated by what you've accomplished. So it actually gets you to keep working past when the timer goes off. For those of you that have been listening to this podcast from the very beginning, you know that I really, really love an app called Forest. And it's an app that allows you to grow little trees and so you can grow a forest with your productivity. And so it it acts as like a timer. And um, it's funny that Michelle was talking a little bit about how it really motivates you. Guys, I had one Saturday, I was really, really struggling. I had a lot of things to get done and I was not feeling motivated at all. But I came upstairs, I was in my office, got all the comfy things, all the good vibes. And I sat down and started that forest timer and I started it for 25 minutes. Now I am someone that likes to have the 25 minute chunk just because if I want to keep going, I can keep going. But if I want to have a break, I can take like a five minute break to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. But I, in that first time that I set that timer, it was, it was rough. Like I I struggled. Like I wasn't getting as much done as I needed to get done. I could feel like I was super distracted. Wasn't, I was like, what do I write? What do I do? What do I, where do I go from here? But after that first one, I got into a rhythm and a really good rhythm too, um, where I was able to just kind of keep going. And I think I was able to do it for about four times, like set that timer, that 25 minute timer four times in a row. And I was able to get a ton of stuff done. And this is another example of how Bridget and I are different because I'm sitting here listening and I'm like, oh, that sounds so awesome. But that's just not how I operate. And that's okay. I personally like to set a timer for a larger chunk of time, such as an hour or an hour and a half in one go. That way, because I'm super competitive, y'all, I actually feel motivated to try to get the task done before the timer goes off. Because I tell myself, hey, if I finish this and there's time left on that timer, I can do a task that I enjoy. I can take a break and I can use that time for myself. And for me, that competitiveness to try to beat the timer just works really well. But in order to execute it, I need to have the timer set for a longer period of time. Uh, Yeah, we are very different in this because I am not a competitive spirit. I just don't have that in me. Um, But I will look at that timer and I set it for 25 minutes and I'm like, all right, I only have five more minutes. I'm, I'm that person that counts how many pages I have left to read like every page or so. I go back and I recount all those pages and she's like, oh, she's looking at me. Y'all, if you could only see her face. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you because I do something very similar. I need that constant uh, support of, oh, look, I've already read through five pages, you know, I, but I more so do it from the point of view of, oh, I only have this many left rather oh, no. than looking at what I've done. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I still have this much more left. <laughs> 
And so when we have that timer set, then we know that there is an end in sight, right? Whether it be an hour or whether it be 25 minutes, you're more motivated to stay focused during that specific amount of time because you know that you're going to have a break. And guys, this leads us very beautifully into our next tip, which is to take short breaks. And so this might mean that after you've hit your 25 minutes or an hour time that you've been working, you might then want to take like a five to 10 minute break. And so this means to get out of the area that you're working in to be able to provide yourself with a little bit of different scenery, watch a quick YouTube video, take your puppy outside to get some fresh air. Or for me personally, I really like to go down to my kitchen and to just grab a drink of water, grab a little snack, be able to look out at the backyard. It just provides me with a different scenery and it just allows me to decompress and relax lacks from that time. I love all of those ideas, Bridget. And I just want to throw out there that you have to figure out what is motivating to you as a break, which it should be something that you enjoy. It could be reading a few pages of your favorite book or even scrolling social media. Like it doesn't have to be something that you feel good about, like taking a walk or getting water. Like you can totally scroll social media, but we're going to warn you not to go down a rabbit hole because that happens so frequently on social media. You might need to set a timer for your break so that your five to 10 minute break doesn't become a five hour break. Y'all, it happens. We're all guilty of it. It's okay to admit to it. I know personally, I have been so guilty of saying, all right, I'm going to start working again when my clock gets to 430. And then all of a sudden I will get sucked into social media and I look at the clock and it's 4.32 and I'm like, oh, I missed it. Okay, I guess I'll just start working again at five. And, and it just continues and it's such a bad habit to get into. So hold yourself accountable and set yourself a timer. Now, our next tip goes along with this, but it's more so focused on when you finish those big tasks instead of just those smaller tasks. Our next tip is to plan a reward for yourself. And it's really helpful to actually set aside a specific time dedicated to this reward. For example, you may say, all right, if I get all of my work done from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., I'm going to sit down and watch a show with my family. That way, I feel like I'm able to balance all of these different things that I have going on. And I'm dedicating time to school and my business, but I'm also dedicating time to my family. And that helps me to feel less stressed. And so this is going to be that section right here, Michelle, where I feel like we need to give a little bit of tough love because it is so important, guys, that you set those hard deadlines and don't stray from those deadlines. And I know I have absolutely been guilty of this where I say, okay, if I do this, then I'm going to go ahead and give myself this type of a reward, but I never finish it. And I yet I still give myself that reward at the end of the day, but that's not benefiting me. It's not helping me in any way. And so we're telling you to set the hard deadlines and if you don't do it, do not give yourself that reward. So this might mean that you complete a certain amount of tasks that you need to have done by the end of the day or the end of the week, but whatever it is, you need to get it done. You need to get it done during that set amount of time, and then you can reward yourself. I'm so happy you gave that tough love, Bridget, because that is definitely something that we all need to hear from time to time. You have to hold yourself accountable, get what you say you're going to get done, and then your reward can come after. 
And you might even have to start with some more immediate rewards and then eventually work toward these larger, more delayed rewards. For example, I'm always going back to grad school because I'm almost done and it's just sucking up so much of my time and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I feel like everything just relates back to grad school right now. But when I started grad school a little over a year ago, I had to reward myself after every assessment I completed by watching, you know, a TV show or going out to dinner. Like I needed those rewards to keep my motivation up. But now that I can see the end in sight, I just want to power through, get it all done. And then at the very end, I want to go on a trip somewhere. Like I want Billy and I just to get away and go and have a good time so I can finally relax once it's over. So I've been able to work myself up to these larger rewards and have them spaced out and not as frequent. Oh, Michelle, I really like that. I think that's really sweet. Thanks, Bridget. So where would you like, I'm just curious, I'm going to take us on like a whole tangent, but where do you want to like, what is the place that you want to go to? Okay, so Billy and I have been talking a lot lately and we really want to go to Prague in the Czech Republic because it's just been a place that both of us have wanted to go. And we've gone quite a few places in Europe, but we haven't really traveled much to like Eastern Europe. So that's on the horizon. And we've both been, you know, saving up some money and I think we can make it work, but I've got to get the work done first. Listen, can I just say really fast, like I am just so proud of you. Like you are truly just a little, you are a ball of inspiration to so many and even to me like even though I feel like you're like my like you're younger you're like my little sister to me but still like you inspire so many and I think that's fantastic oh you're amazing <laughs> literally like I'm like choking back tears right she now literally is <laughs> okay I'm just gonna move on to the next tip because Go. otherwise I'm gonna start crying so our next tip is to get active. Now, this kind of goes along with those short breaks, but if your short break doesn't involve you getting off the couch or getting up from your table, it's important to remember to get some exercise because it will help the blood flow and it just helps your brain be able to refocus. This can be as simple as just going for a walk outside, down your street, around your block. You can actually get up and go to the gym. And Bridget, I know that you do something a little bit different. Yeah, I definitely don't exercise. Like I'm not someone that is like, oh yeah, let me go get active. I don't get active. I just don't do it. However, I do have to stand up every once in a while. Um, I've had like really bad back issues. So standing up and just kind of fixing my posture really, really helps me a ton. So I have to adjust the way that I'm working and it helps y'all. It really does. Now, this next one is going to sound kind of lame, but just bear with me. I'm that kind of person, okay? (laughs) Accept me for who I am. Another thing that I will do is I will do like little exercises as I get certain amounts of work done. For example, I'm just trying not to look at Bridget because she is like making me feel so bad about myself right now. I will tell myself, okay, when I write this paragraph, I'm going to do five push-ups. And I can't with Bridget face right now. I can't. Sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. Because the entire time I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, why would I want to do push-ups? But you know what? That's the thing. Again, it goes back to you and me. We're, we're different, but we're also the same. And in this area, we are very different. I don't do that. But kudos to you for like 
keeping up and it's really going to benefit you when you get older, girl. Yeah, it's fine. I can't work standing up. So we're all on the same page. It's all good. Now, Bridget, can you give us the last tip? Because this one is all you. Yeah, I have to say, guys, if all else fails, take a power nap. I know that's really weird. But for me, stress really drains me. Like I just get very overwhelmed. I get exhausted and I can't really do much. I just know this about my body. I know this about myself. And so I go to sleep. I know this is the weirdest thing. You're probably saying, but you're not being productive. However, when I do say, you know what? I'm not going to be I'm not going to get anything done tonight. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to go to sleep and I'm going to sleep off the tired, the overwhelmed feeling. And when I wake up in the morning, I am so much more productive and I come out of it feeling like I'm really going to get things done. I have never been able to do this. I know that power naps are a wonderful thing and I've heard Bridget talk about them and I'm like, man, I should try that. And every time I try, my nap just turns into another sleep. I will legitimately knock out for two, three hours and then I wake up so groggy. I'm confused. I don't know where I am. I'm grumpy. It's just not ideal for me. All right, guys, this is going to be super important. Okay. I hope you're listening. Turn it up right now because I have the secret to having the most successful power nap ever. You're going to be like, wow, this is great. I I need to hear this. Yes. (laughs) So here's what you do. You don't nap for an extended amount of time. You actually only put on your alarm for about 25 minutes. Now you're probably saying, but you don't really go to sleep. Like it takes me that long to be able to even fall asleep. You're not really going to sleep. It is literally just allowing your brain and your body to decompress. So I feel like when I do my power naps for like 25 minutes, I don't truly ever go to sleep. Like I'm very aware of the surroundings that are happening, but I come out of it feeling like a champ. Like it's great. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. We can try this later and see if it works. Yes, do. Well, once I wake up from that power nap, I'm really hoping that I am just ready to be productive. And if you are looking for some ways to boost your productivity, Bridget and I have a freebie for you. We have a PDF document that has seven ways to boost your teacher productivity. All you have to do is head over to our website. You can actually find it right on our homepage, or you can go to teachingonthedouble.com slash zero one two, and you can just enter your email and then download it for free. This freebie is jam-packed with ideas and strategies that you can use as a teacher to jumpstart your productivity, regardless of the grade level you teach, regardless of how long you've been teaching. We promise that these tips are going to help benefit you. And while you are on our website, teachingonthedouble.com, click on the TSH and you could have the chance to be featured on our podcast. We want to note what your time-sucking hurdles are. What are you struggling the most with in order to be the best you yet? So until next time, guys. Be timely. Stay organized. And be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.